Welcome to the Social Chameleon Show, where it's our goal to help you learn, grow, and transform into the person you want to become. Today, it's book review time, and we're doing Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, PhD. It's a fun little book, kind of a uh, part two, maybe a little. Uh, we did a sleep episode a while back. If you're interested in that, we'll link to that. And there's some different information we're going to talk about today that we kind of talked about then. There is going to be uh, maybe a little bit of overlap, but just a <laughs> just, just a tad. How did you like this book, Ransom? Um, I actually did like this book a lot. I mean, I'm not saying that I know everything because we did the sleep episode before. Um, I did find it interesting that a lot of things that we talked about in our sleep episode were mentioned in this book, which is yeah. kind of ironic because I didn't we didn't read this book before we did the sleep no. episode. Um, but I definitely am interested in like science. Um, you know, I'm in the healthcare field nowadays. Uh, so I definitely enjoy the science behind it. And, you know, in this book, like they do a lot of testing and they have like a lot of test groups, do a lot of different things. And I don't know. I really like that kind of stuff. Um, one of the things about this book, I, I to me, it kind of feels like a fear monger book in some ways. I don't know if you get that vibe. A little, I think he did a really good job of not making it like dark, gloomy fear. Like, you know, he did a job of like, listen, this is what we found in our experiments. This is what people found in their experiments. This is the reality of it. Like, there's no denying this. There's no joking. We spent a lot of years not understanding yeah. this and dismissing a lot of things. And we were wrong. And now we know <laughs> and we have better technology and better experimental procedures and stuff. So I think he did a good job of not making it fear monger E, but there uh, is an element in there. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's, it definitely got some kind of element in there, but I mean, maybe that's necessary in today's world. Cause I mean, a lot of the things that he brings up in the book is like kind of true. Like we, we shine a spotlight on people who sleep like four hours a day and you know what I mean, get stuff done and get their hustle on you know, even in, in in my field, right? Like healthcare workers, if you work 12-hour shifts and somebody calls in sick, like, it's like, oh, yeah, I want the, over I want the overtime. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like 12 hours overtime that you're going to get. Like, Yeah, you go from working a 12 to a 16. It's like, now you're not, you're going to, if you presumably you work the next day, like, you only have eight hours of off time. That still doesn't include commuting, getting home, winding down, getting to bed. Right. You know, and then it's it's easily like you you have a forty hour work week that turns into a fifty two hour work week. You know, right. and so um, it, it's just it's something that's out there, and it's something that we just kind of, I guess, especially in America, this mm -hmm. is something that we do, and it's like yeah. the norm. And I guess after reading this book, like, kind of, it actually does make me think a little bit, and try to make me want to reevaluate my life and kind of. You know what I mean? Like, what are the priorities going on in my life? Yeah. Like, but anyway, I don't know. Um, no, yeah. I, interesting I, book, but. The more I learn about this, the more I I want to, like, optimize my sleep. And, like, I never, I never took it seriously from an intellectual perspective. Like, I always knew, like, I'm tired. I need to go to bed. You know, but before I, I would, you know. I would fight it or I was of the mindset. I know I remember in like my twenties and stuff, like nah, I can sleep later. Like it's not even a big deal. Like sleep is not that big of a deal. You know, in my twenties, I remember sleeping like 13 hours a day. Oh, you I did. You sleep a lot. Yeah. I have no idea why that was. Yeah. Everybody used to sleep 13 hours a day. I was like, 
Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe not uninterrupted. Right. Fucking like get a sandwich and like take a piss. Mm-hmm. But after that, I just go right back to sleep for another six hours. Like, no biggie. Yeah. I don't know. I have like sleeping anxiety, I guess. Like, like if I'm sleeping too much, like I, I get like all sorts oh, yeah. twisted. The small phone. The sky is falling. And yeah, I'm sleeping. Yeah. No, like, I, I, like, even to this day, like if I, if I see, you know, past whatever time like damn it i've fucking blown an hour like oh, i said for 10 hours what the hell is going on like fuck like i don't know i have to think of like i, I don't know I, it's just weird but Maybe i know now you may not feel that way well i still Maybe. do it's because i know but now i know i fucked up something prior to going to sleep like either i was too tired and i didn't get myself enough sleep opportunity um whatever things like i i I worked out and then I tried to go to bed. I ate, like, especially now I have um, the aura ring. And like that last episode, I didn't have that. Like you have sleep, a sleep tracker that I never had. So now that I have this, I can really see this data. And like, I notice I'm, I'm more aware of it and I'm more knowledgeable now. So like now I'm like, you know, I, if I slept until seven, when I'm normally getting up at six, like I'm like, damn. And I'm like, but now I'm setting, you know, kicking myself. I'm like, I fucked up last night. Like before I went to bed, like, what was I doing? Like, oh, I stayed up too late watching TV or I stayed up too late doing this or whatever so it's all right man i don't know i just <laughs> you sleep an extra hour your body probably needed it right One yeah day. yeah i'm more forgiving mm-hmm. of myself now but i still am like damn yeah. i'm an hour behind schedule but anyway but yeah so what's up with this uh, matthew walker guy you got a little yeah this little information on peeps yeah give him a little i don't know credibility people don't know he is a <laughs> professor of neuroscience and psychology at uc berkeley uh he's a director of it's sleep and neuroimaging lab and a former professor. I guess he's on, um, he's taking a sabbatical right now um, from UC Berkeley, but he's still the director of the sleep lab there. Um, he's a former um, professor of psychiatry at Harvard University, and he's been on over 100, um, been pu- he's been published on over 100 scientific studies and has appeared on 60 Minutes, Nova, BBC News, NPR, and tons of podcasts, different things. He is sort of, I guess, the expert kind of go-to guy in this topic. He does have a sleep lab. I guess they just built a brand new state-of-the-art sleep lab at UC Berkeley where he is currently um, cool. what there. Uh, so he's kind of big time in this in this space, in this field. Um, and this is kind of, in this book, the first book he's written is really a, um, a nice guy, kind of the hands-down authority-ish-ness in the field. Um, a lot of critical acclaim. I think, I believe it's a New York Times bestseller and stuff, so. Um, this guy knows his stuff. He's in this day in and day out with patients doing studies and different stuff. So um, I'll link to his site and stuff. And you guys can learn more about him, what he's up to. And if you're going to UC Berkeley, maybe you take a class of his when he's back in the uh, teaching mode. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely tell from the vernacular in this book, like he's, he's talking about places in the brain that most people mm-hmm. never even heard of before. Um, I guess, Again, I went to school for this stuff, so I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Like, taking me back a little bit when I start reading it. Yeah. I guess, I mean, that's another reason I like the book. It's kind of cool. De- definitely have uh, your Google ready, your dictionary ready. Don't hesitate to look up words, look up uh, things, get on the Wikipedias. Um, there's some, like, like Rasp saying, it's, he's a scientist. He's, um, he's a professor. There is a lot of things that he talks about. He does a good job, I'd say, most parts in explaining the different things. So, yeah, and then like he's got like a, I mean, you can definitely tell he loves his work and stuff in there. Is like 
it's like I've been to Sleep Lab. Like I don't I don't know what he's talking about on the EG. I don't I don't see people standing in stadiums like chanting. Yeah. His, like, I was like, I he loves his work. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you got you gotta you gotta you can definitely tell he appreciates his work. So it's kind of cool. Definitely. I mean I I, I mean right out the gate this, the, I want to read real quick the first the first paragraph he opens his book with like it, it just goes in hard and, and I and I love it and I think this really gets you hooked and then it does it does kind of get a little bit at that fear mongering a little bit but I think what's gets your attention and really says yeah. like like oh shit like this is what's to come in this book so I'm gonna read this real quick I'm um, sorry I suck at reading uh, out loud I'm working on it so routinely sleeping less than six or seven hours a night demolishes your immune system more than doubling your risk of cancer. Insufficient sleep is a key lifestyle factor determining whether or not you will develop Alzheimer's disease. Inadequate sleep, even moderate reductions for um, this one week, disrupts blood sugar levels so profoundly that you'd be classified as pre-diabetic. Short, sleeping increases the likelihood of your coronary arteries becoming blocked and brittle, setting you on a path toward cord. Uh, cardiovascular disease, stroke, and congestive heart failure. Sleep disruption further contributes to all major psychiatric conditions, including depression, anxiety, and suicidality. That's how he starts the book off. If that yeah. don't get your attention, I don't know what. Just turn this off and put on your favorite show. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But, I, you know, that stuff is actually true. You know, it's like when you get out there and spend some time um you know i've spent some time in sleep lab and people come in i try to tell them like look man like people think it's just sleep like oh yeah i can i can go one or two nights without sleep yeah that that's cute that's right. fine but if you go say 10 years yeah. right like one day turns into two and then it's like now you're sleeping less like three days a week now you're sleeping less four days yeah. a week five days a week and then you do that like before you know it a year's over yeah over and over and over before you know it, you've developed this habit mm -hmm. and it's been 10 years since you've gotten you know restorative sleep and yeah. like it it builds up and you know sleep is where a lot of things go on we fix a lot of neurological pathways apparently i've learned from this book mm -hmm. um we repair muscle tissue like there's a lot of things that happen while we're sleeping um, yeah that's the thing that's funny and then you know even like like how you like even just your statement alone it's like the the, the fallacy we have of you know it's, it's cute a couple nights you don't go to sleep but just those couple of nights like there's like forever ramifications of that. Like he was talking about in this book, and I think we'll get to it later, but you know, once you, once you kind of break some of these things, like there's no, it'll never recover. It'll never fix itself. It's like crazy to think about, like just doing this a couple of times and we've all done it. Like there's, I mean, whatever circumstances it, it was like, this, yeah. we've all in this, in, in America, we've all gone six hours of sleep. Like we've created a non-recoverable condition like that will never get back. It's like unreal to think about yeah and, and you know i guess i kind of like the way that i mean it's maybe not be the first paragraph in the book but he talks about it early in the book he's like okay so just imagine you are going to have a child yeah and the doctor tells you that this child for half of its life is going to be in a coma-like state yeah unable to do anything unable to say anything unable to react to anything and then, like, I was like, I never really thought about that. Yeah. Like, 
you know what I mean? Like no one's ever explained it. Like yeah. we just think about it as sleeping. Right. And, like, you know, and then he goes further to say like, why would mother nature like put that in there? Mm-hmm. Like we do absolutely nothing while we sleep. We're the most vulnerable while we sleep. Like that right. doesn't make sense. Like in an evolutionary kind of way, like right. it doesn't make sense that any animals on this earth sleep yet. We all do. Yep. Crazy. As you're saying, even even worms and different things and like everything sleeps. Yeah. It's like crazy. And and that's like and, and you th- and like you to think about that as well. Like that is like to this date the most optimal version of sleep. Like who knows what it used to be like. Like this is the most optimal thing it's gotten over the centuries. Like uh, I don't this, know. Is, this is the pinnacle, like you know what I'm saying, where we're at now, like who knows what it used to be like. But that's what I think about, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, but I mean, he does actually talk about like, I forget where they were in the world, but that tribe, like they just, they go to sleep when the sun goes down uh-huh. and they don't use sheets. They don't use anything. They just sleep. And then like, they just let the natural flow of, you know, the temperature throughout the night regulate their bodies. Like, you know what I mean? Like they let, when the sun goes down, they, they use that to help with their rhythm, all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. I, I would tend to think that people in those areas we get some pretty good sleep. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, no light pollution, no nonsense. Yeah. And, and uh, that's, again, things that he brings to our attention in this book is like, yeah. you know, we we have these wonderful inventions, you know, uh, TVs and all that and reaching for it. These these mm-hmm. right here, like, they have a lot of light and we have street lights, like, you know what I mean? I think uh, we've said it before, but, uh, you know, for billions of people, when the sun goes down, uh, they, they live in the dark. That's it. Yeah. I think yeah. it was, I think it's something like, it's over a billion people that don't have light at night. Yeah. And it's like, we are fortunate that we, our life can continue. Like, we don't have to stop everything or we don't have to prepare everything before the sun goes down, which is great for humanity. Yeah. But, you know, some of the consequences, which, you know, Dr. Walker talks about in his book, um, you know, our sleep does suffer from it. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. And this is a, a little funny thing that I like too about, um, he's so, I don't know, I don't want to say witty, but it's funny how he teases these little things and he makes you think about things the same way. This is yeah. one, of my, one of my kind of little favorite parts in, in the book. It's kind of uh, middle-ish of the book. It says, scientists have discovered a revolutionary new treatment that makes you live longer. It enhances your memory and makes you more creative. It makes you more look more attractive, keeps you slim and lowers food cravings. It protects you from cancer and dementia. It wards off colds and the flu. It lowers your risk of heart attack, stroke, not to mention diabetes. You'll even feel happier, less depressed, and less anxious. Are you are you interested? And he goes to talk about like if this is a pill, the company would be astronomically rich. Everybody would be clamoring for this IPO. And it's funny, it's like. And you know what it is? It's just sleep. Yeah, it's just sleep. All of that, in a nutshell, is it's just so, getting a good night's sleep. Something we all have access to. Yep, 100% sleep. free. No ifs, ands, or buts. Wealth doesn't matter. Like, nothing, you know, we all can do it. It's like, so crazy to think about it. Like, that's the thing that's fun about this book. Like, it, there's little, like that little nuts, not, you know, nutshell bomb kind of thing he like teases a little and gives you this like, kind of sarcastic kind of thing and it's like you know but sleep that's it that the end it. like 
And you can just close the book there. Like, just go to sleep. <laughs> Nothing more to say. Like, aren't yeah. all of those things you worry about? I've got the solution. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, again, part of the reason I like the book is because, you know, he talks about the physiology behind it. He talks mm-hmm. about the yes. experience that he's done. And, like, they've done, like, a lot of experiments. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, they, yeah, he's got all kinds of stuff. And then not, it's not just him. I mean, he, he talks about all kinds of people's studies from all, you know, eras of time and through through and through and all this different stuff. And there's a lot of people in this space. Um, yeah, of he's, course. Yeah. He's kind of the loudest, I guess you could say, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see why, you know, a lot of people would gravitate or promote some of the things that he's done. But I mean, the other interesting way he puts it too is like, when was the last time that you woke up mm-hmm. and were completely alert and completely refreshed from your night before and you didn't need alcohol, you didn't need caffeine to to wake up yeah. and you didn't need an alarm clock to wake up either. You yeah. just woke up naturally, refreshed, didn't need coffee. Mm-hmm. Like If you are not doing that, if you can't do that, then possibly maybe something might be affecting your sleep. Yeah, I... I, I almost guarantee, like, that's what's happening. Like, you know, there's no if, ands, or buts. I, you know, like, the more I have become aware of this stuff, and that's the thing, when you become aware of this stuff, you start to see placebo or not, I don't know, but you start to see these little trends. Like, I know, personally, with my schedule, um, Tuesdays are, like, the hardest for me. Like, um, I, the the workout class I go to, it, it's 8.30, and that's it. There's no other no other way I can get to that. So, I come off, you know, Sunday, every, you know, everything's great through the week, you know, and then Monday, you know, I go to that class, like it's over at minimum nine 30. Sometimes we go to 10 and then, you know, by 10 o'clock, I'm usually sleeping already. So then I, and then I need, a, I got a half an hour drive home and then I normally sit down and have a big meal and then I don't get to, to bed till 11, 1130. And then I got I gotta be up at 6am. You know, I gotta, I, I got, you know, kids that gotta go to school. I got things I gotta get done. So I'm already, you know, I don't even have, but maybe a six hour sleep w- window, not to mention just working out that and this very intense, uh, physically active thing that I'm doing. So, and we talked about in the book too, you know, working out too close to bedtime and then yeah. not, not, not stacking on top of that. So now I'm going to sleep late. I just finished a hard workout and I just had a big meal. Like I just stacked the deck entirely against myself. And then I always, kind of knew I was tired and, but now that I have like this aura ring and stuff, I can see this empirical data is as good as it's going to be. You know, it's not perfect, you know, especially something like a sleep lab or something, but I can see it. Like now that I feel bad, I can look at this data and say, holy crap. Like I am just trash, like physically my body, like, it, you know, it monitors my heart rate and my breathing and all this different types of stuff. And it, and then I was looking at this data, you know, um, over a few weeks and I look, so I don't get back to my normal baseline, like which was my Sunday, like, you know, in, in this chart till Thursday, sometimes Friday. That's okay. one night of fucked up sleep. Yeah. Every night from Tuesday, Wednesday, to even sometimes Tuesday night, I'm going to sleep a little earlier because I'm just exhausted. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the beauty of today's world too. Like we got all this technology. We got sleep trackers, you know, like Fitbits. Mm-hmm. You know, like the jawbone up or whatever the heck. The yeah, thing there's tons is. of things. There's tons of rings and watches and bands. And so much stuff that can like yeah. trap your sleep and like help you with that. I um, think they, they have some stuff built in the beds now. 
I want to say you can also buy something that attaches to your bed, if I'm not mistaken. If there is some things, I will, I will link to uh, different things for you guys to look at and interested in. But, you know, one of the things I was thinking about with that is like, you know, some people, that's their normal. Yeah, that, they, they, that, they, that is just their normal. They just, you know, it's like Monday, Monday night is baseball, Tuesday night is soccer. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like right? Like, you know what I mean? And like Wednesday is like gymnastics. It's yeah. Like, and like your life just like repeats this cycle and then like months later, but like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that we shouldn't get out there and live life to the fullest. You got yeah, one, absolutely. get out there and do it. But yeah. you know, again, when after reading this book, like I kind of put like a little bit more thought into like, I was like, when well, how's my day going? How's my week going? Like, how can I get more sleep? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. But that's the thing. Like you don't need to sacrifice sleep to live your fullest life. And in fact, you know, maybe, maybe I disagree. And and like he talks about in this book too, and we can go through some of that. You actually are performing better when you're sleeping. You're mentally sharper. You're, you're making better decisions. You're making better choices. You're tackling the hard stuff. You're getting through these things. And I, I noticed that like, like I I got like, you know, with my, with my, with my end of one example, Tuesdays, I avoid hard shit. I've been noticing that. I'm like, <laughs> and I just don't want to do anything. And yeah. so I've been trying to, you know, hack my schedule to say, you know what? I, I'm now aware of this. I, I understand my avoidance. Like, what can I put on my schedule Tuesday that just, I don't need to be at hundred percent to tackle. But, but you see what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're, you're, you're making that argument that you're going to try to schedule easy things on Tuesday, but like reality of life is like, when you just, find a different class bro and like well there is nothing there's right so there's nothing else to do and I, I i love that class it's a, it's it's my one of my favorite but, things but i do but this is just every american is probably everybody watching this right now is like yes i love that 8 30 thing that i do yeah. and there's no other time to do it yeah and i just have to sacrifice sleep unfortunately yeah that's life yeah and then you got people especially in the healthcare industry like they work at night Mm-hmm. most people like that's not for them and then even the book goes to say like there's two kinds of people right you got the larks and then you got the owls mm-hmm. and like if you're a lark like the night shift just isn't for you yet when you start out in healthcare like you gotta do nights mm-hmm. you do nights and you eat it for a while and then eventually you move to days and some people when they go to days like they still have to switch Right. One month they're on night shift still. And then the next month we get to go to days. Like, you know, it's, but again, this is America. This is what we've become. This is, you know, maybe that's part of the reason he wrote this book too, is to get people to change that. Like, look, America, we're doing something wrong. Yeah. And they were setting the example for the rest of the world. Right. He's like, look at companies like Nike and Google. Like, you know, they got sleep pods at work. Like, and they encourage you to, go home and go to sleep and then they also a lot of company allow you to come in whatever time works for your body schedule yeah and then they also avoid all the crap that you do at home like google does your laundry and yeah. mean, they give you food like you don't yeah. have to make clothes. you don't have to do your laundry you don't have to iron your clothes like right come to work eat put your clothes on like yeah already covered like i need to work there yeah. <laughs> so the thing to me is like the more i learn about this stuff the more i can hack my Monday night to be the best possible version of having a good Tuesday. Like, you know, so now I'm thinking about, as I'm looking at this data and I'm tracking this stuff, 
Well, I'm like, I'm going to stop eating dinner when I come home. I don't need to eat. I just go to bed. And yeah. here I've, I just freed up probably another hour or more of sleep. It's like, these are different things. Like I'm not going to sacrifice this class. But what looking at the data, looking at the stuff, learning about this stuff, like where are the areas I can maximize and still go to this thing and do this thing. I'm not going to die if I don't eat dinner. I'll be just fine. You know, and there's some, maybe some, you know, there's some health things about muscle building stuff. People talk about with not eating after workout. Some people are like, you've got to eat some people, whatever. We're not gonna talk about that today, but yeah. In the studies though, they show that lack of sleep though, like it affects the choices that you make. Right. Food. Right. that one of those studies was interesting. Like they sleep deprived people and then they yeah. gave them access to like a buffet with like a dessert buffet. Mm-hmm. And they said, I forget the percentage, but majority of people, yeah, it was most of people went straight for the cookies and ice cream. Like it's yep. crazy. Yeah. And I know that like, I, I was, I was always wondering, am I, why, why am I like Wednesday? Am I just, I just want dark chocolate so <laughs> bad. I want a big bowl of ice cream. And I never understood why. Yeah. You know, and it, it's my body's, my body's low on sleep. It's like, listen, bud, we need, we need bad choices. Come on, come on in, come on down. I just, yeah, I just thought that I was like, you know, the, the frontal cortex or whatever gets shut down without sleep. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, damn. I and that's like, what they were talking about. The, the, the full hormone too makes you, yeah. it turns that off. So you just eat more. Yeah. I was like, it's like, what a, what a bad thing. Like you, you're hungry. And then not only are you hungry, but you're just making horrible choices. Yeah. Like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. It, but that's the things that like, it's fun about this book. And it's fun about this topic. And it's like all this shit we were told and shit happens with new information. We, we've got to be able to make new decisions, new habits, take this new information and say all the shit we thought we knew. And that's the problem. Like, you know, the science or whatever it was, the forties, fifties, whatever it was like, ah, sleep. It's nothing. It's for nothing. Your brain is like dead. So there's no point in it. And that was what their conclusions were. And that a lot of that we ran with and we still think about that to this day. But now with the better technology, new information and stuff to talk about in this book, we can start to say, listen, like, I know something's wrong with me and a lot of my problems sleeps. Let's try the sleep thing. Like, you know, and start making. And that's the thing, like, um, I think he talks about in this book or maybe it was on a podcast, whatever. It's like, we're not sleeping. So when we're at work, we're not being productive. We're not doing stuff. So we got to stay later at work. So then we come home and we get, we, we don't get to sleep on time. And then we, it's like this vicious cycle, you know? So it's funny, like when, you know, you start by sleeping better and then you don't have to be at work as long. And then guess what? You get to do more things and get <laughs> sleep and be better at work. Like, you know, you, and you gotta think like you've only gotta be a, a percentage or two better than your colleagues to just excel. Yeah, you're sleeping eight hours. You're at the office for less than everybody else, but you're hammering out more work, more quality shit. You're tackling the hard problems. You're up for promotion. Yeah, but you know, again, like they even showed like studies in this. Like when you get REM sleep, like your deep REM sleep, like that's a dreaming sleep, correct? Yeah, the one that's dreaming. REM. Sorry for those of you that don't know. um, I just assume everybody watched our, our previous episodes, but REM stands for rapid eye movement. So. Um, and it, in the book, they'll go over all of it, but you have two stages, well, not two stages, but basically- Two stages of REM, I guess. Two sections, like you'll have non-REM sleep, which is, you know, where your eyes are not moving. And then, you know, um, you'll have your REM sleep where your eyes are moving. But those uh, patients that actually, you know, did the test and they got a lot of REM sleep, like 
that's where their their creativeness turned on. Mm-hmm. Once you, as I mentioned, what memories, learning, all that stuff was all increased. Uh, well, it, I mean, it, un- well, some people have like short REM latency; they just go straight into REM. Yeah. Um, especially if they're deprived, right? Or they yeah. call rebound is what we call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they'll go straight into REM. Um, however you know, in the non-REM stages, like there are one, two, and three. In the past, there used to be four, but now three and four are kind of bundled together. But in your deep non-REM sleep is kind of where the memory conversion process takes. Mm -hmm. In the book, like I said, you can tell this guy's like a total geek, which is freaking awesome. But he's like, you can see the brainwaves go from like something and then they, they, you know, they actually do get, because in the the deep REM, I mean, in the deep non-REM sleep, you will see the wavelengths go like the entire chart. It'll go all the way up and then it'll come all the way down. Go all the way up and come all the way down, um, which is which is kind of cool. And they say that that is where you're you know, number one repairing brain cells, and number two, that's where you're taking the memories that you have in your short term area, right from your from your RAM, right, and then you're putting into your I mean, from your ROM, right, and you're putting into your RAM. You just go from short term to long term, and and then when you hit the REM, that's when you start handling stuff like emotions. That's when you start turning on the creative parts of, you know, your thinking process and those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, I, I geeked out on that part of the book. I was like, damn, this is good, bro. Let me hear this. Like, I need to hear this stuff. Like, yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, it does definitely serve a function. Um, I like even the part where he's talking about sea mammals and stuff. Like, yeah. Like they sleep like half brain at a time. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that's crazy. Shut down half of their brain. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man. This book is it's definitely got some good stuff in there. Yeah, I got that. And I know um, they were talking about. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if I want to say PTSD treatment, but something along those lines with hacking the REM sleep and getting more REM sleep. Right. So part of the studies that they're doing and um, what they found out is that you know when you get to that dreaming state, uh, the dreaming state has something to do with it they they did studies where they couldn't tell exactly what you're dreaming about per se but they could tell like you were they would they would just watch people and you know on the monitors and then they you know have all everything hooked up and they have them on mri so when they're in REM sleep and certain parts of their brain are firing on the mri they would wake them up and like hey what were you dreaming about so like they did like study after study and like tested all these people and like eventually they got to the point where they're like, this guy's dreaming about a car. I was like, what? That's crazy, right? They couldn't, I mean, they couldn't tell you what kind of car it was, yeah. but they like, they could they say, oh, that's the brain pattern of somebody dreaming about a car or a dog or whatever. I was like, mm-hmm. no, nah, it's kind of crazy. But anyway, it's, I digress. I'm <laughs> getting off key here and geeking out. But, uh, you know, as far as the REM process goes and when you actually get into your dreaming state, um, you know, dreaming is supposed to help with, you know, your emotional thing. So when you dream, you kind of really relive either this traumatic experience that you've had or this joyful experience that you've had. Right. And then like, um, for the ones that are traumatic, you, when you're in the REM sleep, sorry, I have to go back and geek out some more. Um, your, your fight or flight syndrome is turned on. We call this the sympathetic nervous system. So because your fight or flight um, nervous system is shut down, you can actually dream this traumatic thing and your body's not going to have this natural reaction to fight it. 
and they were saying what was kind of missing with people that have PSD. Ugh, can't talk right now, but um, um, is that for some reason they're, you know, whether it just be they're in the combat zone or whether it just be the stress of life, like they're not able to shut down their sympathetic nervous system. They're still in fight or flight mode, even when they're in REM, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Which, which is, you know, so your brain is trying to relive this nightmare when, you know, your senses are kind of toned down, but because your senses are not toned down, you just basically relive the same dream over and over again. And it's just a living nightmare. People don't want to go to sleep. So I don't know what kind of drug he was, but he was kind of talking about like how they magically met up somehow and just kind of things clicked along and like they, they did it, but there's a drug that's supposed to suppress your, your, um, your fight or flight syndrome while you're sleeping. And then that way, when you dream, like you will eventually get through that traumatic experience. So, um, again, I don't, this is from this book. I, I am a healthcare yeah. professional, but I, you know, I, they did all the work. They did all of this stuff. I can't, can't per se, but I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. It was cool. I talking about how they kind of discovered that the people with PTSD, um, if I remember correctly, was they couldn't attach the, the detach the emotion from the dream. So that's why they kept having that feeling or whatever. Right. Because like, cool to hear about and think about Like I never thought about that. that. It's still there. I mean, I mean, you've been in the military. It's like, yeah, I've, I've talked to a lot of guys who've been in the military and like, I mean, like you don't really sleep when you're out there. Like, mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I would pass the fuck out. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, most people like, you know, they hear they hear a twig break, like they're wide awake, like they yeah, just not not me. But you know, I tell me, my my buddy like, listen, when I when it's ready for my turn, you've got to wake me up. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be hard to wake up. I'm, but give me a chance. Yeah, but a grenade goes off, you're probably gonna wake up. Like, let's be real. Like, you, you know. Hey, you would think so. You would, you, you would think so, my friend. <laughs> uh, I've been known to sleep through a few, uh, <laughs> few uh, uh, intense situations. Not that I, I've never been in combat or anything like that, but training, training things. Um, so, yeah. But again, it's like this is you know just interesting things about this book that I didn't know before I read it. Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of cool. It's pretty, pretty. Genius. Yeah, it's really good. If you, if you or anybody you know got PTSD something maybe interested in looking into like this is it was just some interesting interesting stuff so um i would say it seems like a from what i read and remember a safe treatment for ptsd something that um potentially help uh and, and a lot of people out there not just combat related it's ptsd for all kind of reasons right and and this you know just because i talk about ptsd it's not it's not about people who are veterans as well like it could be people that have traumatic experiences from childhood or whatever the case might be, um, you know, but getting that deep REM sleep is kind of what helps people get through that heartfelt emotional part. Cause your brain kind of finds a way, right. You either dream in some kind of hidden message or whatever the, whatever right, right, right. be, um, to, you know, to relive that in whatever way your body can accept it. And then from there, you know, when you relive it a second or third time or fourth time, without the sympathetic nervous system like you you learn to get over it which is kind of cool so yeah i don't know yeah one of the many reasons like i i mean it's fun to look at this the more the more especially the more i learn about it the more and i like 
you, you can talk to somebody about it. Like I was talking with somebody before and they were talking about it. I'm like, listen, hey, there's some things you should do. And they're like, what? Like, it's, <laughs> you're not, you're not hearing me. Like I can't sleep. I'm like, I understand. Like, do you do these things before bed? Oh yes. <laughs> Probably why you're not sleeping. You know, it's funny. Like, you need it's... to go see a doctor. You need to start changing these things. And it's just like this look of like, you're a fucking moron. You're not listening to me, you know, but yeah, I, I guess, but you know, it's funny because I had a coworker too. Like this yeah. was like after we made the sleep episode, mm-hmm. like, you know, she was just talking about it. She's like, you know, I have a hard time sleeping. I was like, you know, it's kind of funny. Cause I just made an episode about this. She's like, what the heck? shut the front door. I was like, right. no. and like, so we watched it. And then like, so she's like, okay. She's like, so, so tell me, it's like, she's like, all right, I'm going to listen to you. And then like, it was weird because I was like, yeah, I was like, get rid of all the electronics in your bedroom. No blue light, like before you go to sleep. And then she was like, really? I got to, I got to get rid of my TV. I was okay. like, yeah, get rid of it. I was like, you can put it in the living room. She's like, there's yeah. no room in the living room. And then like, she's like, and then, no, it's funny because like I, a couple of days, not even like a couple of days later, she's like, Ransom, you never believe what happened. She's like, I went to church yeah. and there was just this person who just got into this unfortunate thing. And you know what I mean? They, they were moving into this place and they had nothing. And, you know, I just took this as a sign to what you're saying. So I donated my TV to them and like, so that they could have a TV in their home. And then like, sure enough, she's like, you know what? I actually slept a little better. I was like, what? (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. But, but yeah so you know just things like that um it, and, it, and again i know it's hard we all love what we do we're all creatures of habit um but you know you read what you sow so uh and i guess getting into the science of things like how sleep works and this is kind of something i kind of knew about but i really didn't know so the two major things i guess when you're getting ready to go to sleep that affect how you can fall asleep are number one your circadian rhythm um that's a scientific term but basically your body has a natural clock of you know wanting to fall asleep and wanting to wake up and then the other thing that affects it is what um, dr walker calls sleep pressure right yeah so sleep pressure is basically you know how active you are during the day how long you've been awake believe it or not how much caffeine you've had (laughs) Yeah, Uh, there are other stimulants out there in the world, um, you know, but basically if you take the activities in your day and you sum them up into whatever parts, like all of that will basically free up receptors in your brain. um, Right. So that, you know, so when your circadian rhythm, right, when your clock hits a certain time, and if the pressure to sleep is great enough, then you'll fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that's not when you're behind the wheel. But uh, that was an interesting part too. Like, oh man, little micro sleeps there. It's kind of interesting, you know? So these are kind of things that, again, when you read this book and you get into the details of things can help you sleep. Um, They talk about also, what does that see? I can't, I keep messing up. I want to say CBTI. Is that, is that how you want to say? Oh, well, I saw Uh, my notes here. Behavior uh, for insomnia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cognitive behavior therapy for insomnia. CBT-I. Understanding how you sleep and, you know, what the parameters are, stuff like sleep pressure, Mm. stuff like your circadian rhythm, um, how to control that, whether you're a lark or whether you're a night owl, 
You know what I mean? Those, those kinds of things. Like there's a lot of interesting and a lot of moving parts to getting good quality sleep, which is kind of cool. So yeah, that that stuff is 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 so fascinating when you learn about it. And it's like um, when I first, I, you know, even like naps. Like you got to be careful with naps and stuff and different things because then you relieve the sleep pressure. Yeah. And yeah, like that stuff is is, is crazy. And like, I, I used to be before I used to be like naps for weak people now i understand them more so like you know i'm more understanding of either right. myself when i when i need a nap or others like you know i have a teenager so it's like before i was like fucking lazy ass motherfuckers fucking <laughs> 10 o'clock your ass is still in bed you just lazy as shit and then now i'm like oh oh i learned that yeah. in adolescence your circadian rhythm gets pushed back naturally yeah and you want to go to sleep later which makes you want to wake up later and it's yeah. like, so when I learned that, I'm like, oh, I so, so much more understanding now. And like, I can help, <laughs> I can help, I can help you set, to, you know, set you up to win. Like, let's, this is the stuff you can't, you know, you should be doing. And this is the thing, like, I get it. Like, so when you understand these things, like, you, it's so, so easy to set yourself up to win, especially with all the stuff, like we talked about before, with the repercussions of not sleeping well, like helping your teenagers and stuff sleep better. If you've got kids at home, like, the the he talks about in this book a lot too about the schools you know um with with uh remembering stuff yeah well you're right your job uh in this case i'm trying to talk about teenagers because to me that was like the really profound thing like i never thought about you know like doing better in school remembering stuff and then one the one town they changed the school start time so i think it was 8 30 it was a 70 percent reduction in accidents Mm -hmm. it's like antelope breaks it was only like 20 or 25 percent reduction in accidents like that's twice more than twice three times greater like just moving teenage high school start times one hour like crazy un- mm-hmm. unbelievable stuff when you start to learn about that like we talked about it so much better choices i think too we talked about it too in our our last sleep episode yeah. daylight savings daylight savings time right when it switches over it's like kills a lot of people yeah right? a lot of people have heart attacks they get car accidents i don't know what that's about but uh you know <laughs> Yeah. yeah we're making that joke right why don't you just go to sleep an hour earlier yeah I, who would have thought I, none of nor you or i live in an area where we have the time zone change so i don't understand like why yeah. you would know you i mean i'm sure you guys have been warned going up to that day i like mm-hmm. why don't you just set your clocks back forward whatever that whatever you do like when you get home or something i don't know i don't get it like but uh, you know but anyway, getting back to kids at school, like, you know, it also helps with their memory. Yeah. Uh, talking about earlier, right? When you get into that um, deep non-REM sleep that converts your short-term memory to long-term memory. And they even did a study in this book. Um, I kind of wish they would have did a study about recall. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why most students do all-nighters, especially yeah. college, is because I believe the recall factor is a lot greater. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think my, my understanding is as soon as, you, as soon as you're done, as soon as you go to sleep, all that goes away. Like your brain's just not going to consolidate those memories. I understand that, but I'm just saying, like that's the reason why students do that. And even he talked about it in this book. He's like, you know, I've talked to um, the school system to see if we could create a better way for learning in a better learning environment, but and they're like, they weren't too happy with that. So. Yeah. Like he's actually, everybody's yeah he was talking about everybody's tests are like the same week and everybody's got to do yeah and so like he does race classes he doesn't have those finals and he spreads it out and stuff it's kind of interesting how he 
yeah well, study. I think he understands like yeah. you know the, the key to true learning right is not what you can recall on a test like yeah. the key to true learning is making that transition right converting your short-term memory into long-term memory and over time just building upon building and you know they did studies in this you know according to this book and they showed that you know what when people get a full night's rest after learning like especially when they learn they go right to sleep like they retain way more information so just just kind of keep that in mind if you've got teenagers going to school like their rhythms are off they need full nights of sleep yet they can't get that because they have to get up at five or six in the morning to make it to school on time um you know just I don't know. I, I definitely think it opens my eyes and definitely explains a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool. It does. Yeah. I, it reminds me of this mentor I, um, I had a while ago. And every time we get off this like crazy hard like session or some like brain melting training or whatever, he'd be like, all right, now as soon as we get off this, everybody go take an hour break. Let your mind relax. We'll sit down somewhere quiet. Maybe take a nap. Like you should let this go. And I was just like, why? Like, I got shit to do. Like, now I understand. He's like, he wanted us to absorb that and to let that start to transfer into our long-term memory. And I was like, damn, this guy's smart. <laughs> and I just bought it the whole way. Uh, but yeah. now these tips and hacks and tricks, man, like, when and you learn about this stuff. Yeah, and I guess as we're talking about teenagers and all that kind of stuff, I mean, nowadays we have so much damn medications out there. It's like, mm. You know, it's like, you think your kid may have ADHD, but really, you might just need sleep. Just need some sleep. Mm-hmm. Especially I'm, if you're not getting sleep, which makes you make bad food choices, which makes your blood sugar levels go up and down. I mean, hey, we can get into that. But I mean, just, and, and you just, you know, in the study, it wasn't just about bad food choices. It's like the part that makes the hardcore decisions in your brain, right? The prefrontal cortex. Like, if you lack sleep, that thing just shuts down. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't, I mean, again, I, I, I'm not here to tell anyone how to raise a kid or anything like that, but just definitely reading this book might breed some light and might help you with your situation. Um, and like going along the whole medication train, stuff like Ambien and Lunesta, people take that for sleep or, you know, I don't know what age they can take it, but, you know, if the kids are taking Who knows? That, uh, whatever the case might be, I, I, I think he did a really good job in this book when he's talking about those pills because he's like you know so you get into a more restful state he's like but i am purposely avoiding the word sleep yeah <laughs> you know it's like because you're not actually sleeping you're just going into you know i guess being sedated right and you're right exactly if you're in in the medical world you kind of understand what that's about like you know your your body okay, you're passed out <laughs> you're not right. sleeping you're passed out, right? But you're not sleeping, right? You're not getting that deep NREM sleep, right? If you put the EEG on them, you're not going to see those long waves that he's talking about. You won't see the rapid eye movement with the sawtooth patterns. Like you're not going to see that on somebody who is sedated, right? Yeah. Like he talks the same thing about people who drink alcohol before bed as a nightcap. Like mm-hmm. you're not really resting better. You actually get less REM sleep yeah. and you're not your first non-REM stages there's not you're not really sleeping you're just kind of sedated like in this lackadaisical state Mm -hmm. and you got to get up to piss so now you're getting up right but it's not actual sleep you know what i'm saying like and you know again talking about 
you know, the whole dangers of the thing. Like some people take Lunesta or Ambien and when they wake up in the morning, like they're still in that sedative state and like yeah. you know, they may, you know, they're operating heavy machinery or motor vehicles during the time. That can be dangerous too. It's crazy. And not to mention, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people hear different horror stories like that. Uh, he did a podcast, uh, a link to with uh, Dr. Peter Atia. Uh, it's a great podcast. And the doctor, Peter Tia, the host of the show, he was saying when he was a young doctor, when he would he would get on uh, West Coast to East Coast flights, he would take an ambient to pass out on the plane thinking he was sleeping. And he said he would he, he'd um, get up later on or whatever days later and he would see emails he sent, phone <laughs> calls he made to colleagues and patients and stuff. And he was like, when did I when did that happen? He's like, I was sleeping on the plane. I sent emails to people. He said, good thing. Nothing was ever inappropriate or whatever had happened, but that's why he stopped taking that. He's like, I, I am not even aware of what I'm doing and my behavior and things that happen. He's like, you know, I could be, you know, doing something and I'm not even aware of it. So I've yeah, heard yeah. different other stories from people too. Like they're not even aware that they had done something because they were on ambient. But yeah, even, even on this, like he, he definitely calls it out. He's like, those kinds of drugs are memory erasers. Like, yeah. That was interesting to learn too. Damn. So like anything you do when you're on it or and or before or after, like you don't remember, I guess. You know, so you know, things do have their side effects and I I know people who swear by ambient, but uh Yeah, because you're passed out so you think you're sleeping. So oh, yeah, you're you're sedated, right? Yeah. Um but try not to confuse sedation with actual restful sleep because they are not the same. They look the same. <laughs> but yes. uh, there are differences. So. And I think that's where, you know, maybe sleep trackers or different things like that, it can help you, you know, bring light to that data. And it shows you um, your, 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 you know, your non-REM sleep, your REM sleep, your deep sleep, your wakeful periods. Like these things can show you like, dang, I'm not even like I was awake five times last night. Like, when did that happen? Like, you know, like I didn't get any REM sleep last night. I got very low or whatever. And like, these things show you that stuff. And it's like you can start to track back. Like, what did I do last night? What have I been doing? Like, that's the thing I like about it. And even then, you know, when you take into fact all the stimulants that are out there, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the coffee, man, like caffeine. Yeah. How easy is it to like, drink a soda before you go to bed? How is right. it? Like, oh, and that's the thing that it was, I, I like to learn because I'm in the camp of I'll take an espresso right now, double shot, triple shot on that, I'll pass it right No problem. Right. But that's because your brain has so many receptors already to it. Yeah, right. And that's and what you're saying. Like, you built up tolerance to it. So... That, I mean, yes, that may be true. However, that caffeine ha- does have a half-life. And mm-hmm. even though you fall asleep, right, because yeah. your pressure is great enough, you're not going to achieve deep non-REM sleep and you're not going to achieve REM sleep for very long because yep. eventually those receptors are just going to kick in. So. Yep. And that's when I learned that. I was like, oh, man, I was in the camp of, oh, I have an express, I'm going to bed. Who cares? Like, But ever since I learned that, I'm like, no, no caffeine, nothing. After 2 o'clock in the afternoon, nothing. I don't, it doesn't even matter. Like, cause I understand now the importance of even being, um, even I did my um, DNA stuff, I'm a, a fast cap- caffeine metabolizer. So even though my half-life may be, you know, a little less, it's still, I still don't even play with that no more. And I like my stimulants, if you can't tell. <laughs> yes. You are a very stimulating person. I am. Don't know what to say. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah. I want to think, and then 
I think this can kind of lead into, into driving. Like I never thought about not only just tired driving, but the cool thing I learned, and I like this word he uses in the book, micro sleeping, like that, like dozing off kind of thing, but not realizing you're dozing off. I was like, that's like, I don't know how many times I've done that. And I never realized how like scary that is, you know? Yeah. And, and again, I mean, I'm not trying to jump on the fear monger bandwagon, but he, de- he does definitely present a valid argument. Yeah. You know, he's not justifying drunk driving, but you know, if you're drunk driving, you have a slow reaction. To things, right? mm-hmm. But if you are AKA sleeping, yeah. you can't step on the brake at all. You can't understeer out of the way or you can't do anything. You know, you're basically driving this vehicle. Who knows? I mean, hopefully it's like under 25, but yeah. you're driving down the freeway at 60. Um, driving a tractor trailer. Yeah. Um, and somebody stops in front of you, you you're, you're not going to react at all. So. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, he said that uh, sleep, tired driving, causes more is responsible for more fatalities and accidents than drunk driving and all other types of things like that. It was like, I was like, dang, like that's insane. And in the first, when I was, uh, I went on vacation, uh, earlier this summer to Utah and it's just one really long road. The speed limit was 80 and it's just really just kind of long distance road. I've seen, I seen signs. I've never seen signs before tired driving like type signs like you know, it kills and pull over. And I was like, wow, that's like, they're taking this stuff seriously. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just that thing. You just have no control of the vehicle. You, you know, it's called a micro, I I just, I like the way he said micro sleep too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like cool, what a cool term. Yeah. But I mean, when you, when you doze off behind the wheel, like you have no control and like at the same time, uh, I mean, he brings a valid point too. It's like some people are both. You know what I mean? Like, you normally yeah. wake up at six every morning to go to work and then, you know, hey, it's Friday night after work. We're all going to go out. We're going to have yeah. some drinks. So you're already staying up later than you normally would be. So your sleep pressure is high mm-hmm. and you're intoxicated. Right. So now, you, now you're like double dipping. Like you're, yeah. when you're awake, your reactions are slow. And when you're micro sleeping, your actions are zero. Mm-hmm. It's like, oof. And that's a fun thing too. He talked about. He's like, all those stupid little tricks you think work don't work to keep you awake. The radio, the cold air, you went yeah. out the window. And I was like, man, I tried all of those, all of those things. But what does work is when you get yourself a little micro sleep and you wake up and your fucking heart starts pounding like crazy because <laughs> yeah. you almost killed yourself. That works a little bit. I guess, but um, you know, that's just the thing too. And you know, again, not to do fear monger thing, but. I- but after reading this book, I do put some thought into it. Like, if you are tired when you're driving, like, just pull over, man. Um, in the book, he recommends to take a nap for mm-hmm. as long as you need to, not almost yeah. for five minutes. Like, yeah, yeah. Go to sleep. And when you wake up, you wake up. Right. Um, and then just remember, you know, that when you wake up, you may be in a lackadaisical state. Um, you know, when you go from sleep to wakefulness. So even after you wake up, like take about 20 minutes before you start driving again. Yeah. That's what he recommends in the book. And I would have to agree, I guess. That's where I'm at. Yeah. And it reminds me of a funny story uh, on the podcast he did um, with Peter Tia. 
Peter, uh, being, being a doctor, he said when he was in residency, I forget how, whatever days he was awake. I, I, it, I know several days and he hadn't slept or he had slept very minimally, uh, hour or two or something like that. And he said he was driving his car and it was a, a, a standard stick shift, whatever way we want to call it. And he said he jumped in the car and um, it, was, it was a little bit ways to get onto the, to the highway, freeway, whatever it was to get home. He's like, I could not hold down the clutch pedal. <laughs> so, tired. so tired i could not yeah. keep the clutch in uh-huh. so he said he, he he pulled over into a, like a questionable park and like laid yeah. on a park bench like i'll just lay here for a few minutes he's and then he slept for some like eight or ten hours something like that laying in his park <laughs> but that's just i mean these are the signs if you start to recognize and know these signs like you know i i i know i've done it i've jumped in the car and been like hey, i'm tired i'll be all right i'll make it home and it's like you got to stop and like take a nap or whatever. It's just like, you just can't like, you start to feel that sensation of like, I can't react. I can't control my bodily functions here. Like I, my muscles feel weird. Like, and I know me when I get overly tired, like my legs, like uh, shaking kind of ache or whatever. It's like, to me, I, I, I've got like that physical sign and I know I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop. I, this is not happening. Yeah. So making it out there and then i guess uh something else i have here in my notes too yeah we're on the topic of micro sleeping <laughs> um it's just i guess i never really understood you know how much like hours of sleep are required mm-hmm. he's put some good statistics in there that i'm, probably, I'm just going to read out here yeah so uh, and I guess this one is a little bit more extreme. I don't know very many people that get less than four hours of sleep a night. But if this is you, I'm not talking to you per se, but I'm just reading this out. So it may apply to you. It may not. I'm not specifically talking about you, just so you know. Right. But uh, sleep deprivation is, uh, you know, if you get less than four hours a night for six nights in a row, that is equivalent to going 48 hours without sleep, right? So like, this is like in a week's time, you know, you work in those 16 hour shifts, right? You're getting less than four hours for six days, right? Getting that overtime. Like that's the same thing as staying awake for two days. That's crazy. Yeah. If you've ever done that, imagine what you felt like at the end of that 48 hours. You and can barely think, you can barely function. Yeah. And and that's what you're doing. And, and that, that's an extreme version. But the next one, I think most people have done, and I think I do it all the time. If you get less than six hours a night for 10 days, that's the same as going without sleep for 24 hours. Like that, the light like hit me. I was like, dude, I've done that. I've done that on more than one occasion. That's the American average norm right there. That the average yeah. American sleeps six hours. So that's your normal. So everybody, if you're only sleeping 10, six hours a night, after you're basically, you're, you're, you're basically functioning at just, after just 10 days. Now you're basically yeah. functioning at a sleep deprivation of 24 hours. Now imagine if you do this week after week, month after month, you're just, yeah. you're basically a zombie. But I, I, I just found that like statistic. And again, these are just studies that he's done, right? They're, yeah. they're in certain parameters to test how awake people are and how responsive they are and, you know, what everything is. But, you know what I mean? Like people that were sleep deprived for 
you know, four to six hours for days on end had the same results on these tests as people who hadn't slept in a day or two. Like, and it was it, was it 24 hours of no sleep was equivalent to being legally drunk? Was, was that it? Or was it more? Yeah. I don't know. I don't um, remember. And again, there was something, something along those lines, but and again, they're not the same. And for those of you that are young, it's actually worse. <laughs> Apparently okay. from what we found out in some situations. I guess. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's out there. I'm not trying to compare apples to oranges, but, you know, just that, that statistic itself, like less than six hours of sleep for 10 days. Like I do that regularly. Yeah. But I mean, I try not to, but I've done that. On yeah. More. I think most Americans have done that. You know? And it's like, I, I just never realized that that's the same thing. Like, yeah. as in, sleeping for an entire day i mean i definitely feel it but like i didn't know that it was that bad so just just putting it out there and for those of you people that are like oh no i'm the exception to the rule like i have that gene and you know um yeah what what did he 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 said it so elegantly i'm gonna try to repeat this i'm probably gonna mess it up but the number of people that can survive with less than five hours of sleep what is it represented as a percentage of the population and rounded to the nearest number is zero. It's less than 1%. Or it's less than 0%. I should say 0%, 0, yes. 0 point blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Yeah. So if you think you are that person, you might be. I ain't trying to call you out on stuff. But chances are you're probably not. So if you think you are and... You've got to have a cup of coffee or a monster or a Red Bull when you wake up because you can't keep your eyes awake. Right. If, if you and ever if had you, and at yeah, 10 o'clock, you were ready to pass the fuck out, you ain't one of these people. I want to say, if I remember correctly, it's like less than 12,000 people in the world have been found to have this genetic variant. Yeah. I could be mistaken. Uh, it's in the book if you're interested um, learning more yeah. about it. Uh, and again, interesting thing. So, you know, those are some of the factors, right? Like, if you wake up without an alarm clock and if you feel totally refreshed and after a few hours of being awake, you don't need to take a nap again or you don't need to drink coffee or any caffeinated beverages, like that, those are all good signs as to, you know, how well your sleep hygiene is doing. Yeah. And, you know, if that's not the case, then these micro sleeps are going to creep in on you. That's the, oh, you know what was my, uh, another one of my favorite words, social jet lag social jet lag I, I love that I love that so what social jet lag is defined by him I, I don't know if he made it up or not but it's when you binge sleep on the weekends no. that's considered social jet lag I was like that's the best I mean how many people either have you done it or you know that you know Saturday they're sleeping in 10, 11, 12 1 o'clock you know 2 o'clock it's like catching up which you can't do on all your sleep you didn't get because your sleep pressure is so damn high <laughs> I just love that. Like what a great thing, like to like that social jet lag. You're up, you're up too late. You're not. And then, and then that in itself is a problem. So now come Sunday, you know, you should be going to bed at whatever, let's call it 10 o'clock and say, well, you didn't wake up till two o'clock in the afternoon, Saturday, which means you probably didn't go to sleep till three o'clock in the morning, sun, you know, Sunday, Saturday night. Now it's like 10 o'clock. You're like, well, I'm fucking wide. I'm fucking wake. And we go again. Like, you know, Coming into Friday with your social jet lag again. So something to keep in mind, you know, very interesting. I love that term. It's one of those fun little terms I like. 
Yeah, I guess I wasn't too hype about that. But yes, the myth is that you can try to catch up with sleep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the truth of the matter is that you can't, but you can get back on track. Yeah. Um, you got to sleep it off, sleep it off. That will have impacts on your sleep mm-hmm. pressure. Not, and sometimes if you do it often enough, it'll push your circadian rhythm either forward or backwards. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, you can, you can get back on track. Yeah. And then speaking of that, you, you know, um, from the only way I know about it is with the help of a doctor, you can move your circadian rhythm, whether it be forward or backwards. I know it takes a long time. It takes several months, if not longer. And there's a lot of um, different things you've got to do, but it is possible to condition yourself um, and you want to move it, you know, the help of, of your doctor or a doctor that specializes in that. I know um, it's, it can be done. Yes. CBTI people, CBTI. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. that, those are some, I don't know. I just love this. This It's so fun to learn about this stuff. Like personally, I like learning about this stuff. I like to get a perform at my best at all times and you know why and what I can do and what I can control. These are one thing that's so easy to do and just has such tremendous benefits. Undeniable. For sure. And for those of you people that are, uh, you know, another fun fact, just moving along for those of you people that are interested in losing weight, Oh, people who are interested in losing weight uh, might want to try to regulate your sleep. Yeah, something that's not easily done, but yeah, if, you know, remember if you don't get enough sleep, you make bad choices. Right, prefrontal cortex shut down. Yeah, you know, make some good choices, and yep. also donuts for breakfast and and triple chocolate eclairs for you know lunch and double ice cream scoops for dessert at night. Like, yes, yeah, it's, it's tough. Is bad, but also regulating your sleep will also regulate your glucose and insulin levels. Yeah. So I guess I geeked out on this part of the book too. Yeah. So you know, the human body uses glucose right as a form of energy, right? We need insulin going throughout the body to take that glucose into the cells. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and for those like Tyson saying, you know, if you don't eat you know, an hour or two before bed and you get your full hour of sleep. I mean, you're at your, at that time, your body is, should not have very much glucose in it. I mean, if you did things properly. So, you know, in the morning, your body will actually start producing another thing called glucagon, which actually starts breaking down your fat cells. So, you know, all of these things kind of like play a role like, physiologically, you know, to helping you do things, right? you get better sleep, you're going to regulate your glucose, your insulin, better glucagon production, better fat breakdown, and you're going to be making better choices about the foods that you eat because, you know, ice cream machine is just not going to be calling your name. I mean, the ice cream machine is always calling your name. You're going to be able to resist it a lot. It's easy to say no to the ice cream, man. If you've had a good night's sleep. Yes. yes. I'm a, I love ice cream, and then that's the one thing I have, end of one experiment, be able to notice the most, like, good i don't want that it's like it's like it's fun it's fun to just have that power over yourself and and not have that feeling of like i just don't know why i can't resist like (laughs) you know now we all know why we we know know. we know yeah it's fine any other any other things you like from this book that we haven't touched on we touched on a lot of stuff yeah i mean there's just so much in this Um, i guess the other maybe we can end on this note even though it's not the greatest but um he talks about mental illness in this book. Yeah. 
you know, and uh, he gets into it with Alzheimer's and dementia and like the different, I guess, I didn't know there were so many different types of dementia. I mean, I know, um, basically we talk about either delirium or dementia, but nonetheless, he's saying that, you know, they used to think that it was kind of like a one way thing. Like if you, if you have Alzheimer's, like you don't get sleep, right? Like it's just kind of how it works. Or if you don't get sleep, like you develop Alzheimer's and throughout the study, they've shown that the correlation between mental illness and sleep is like a two way street. Mm -hmm. If you have a mental illness, you will get less sleep. And also if you get less sleep, chances of developing a mental illness are greater. It's, a, it's like fat bastard. I eat because I'm depressed. I'm and depressed because I eat. eat. It's a vicious school. And Apparently, it, he's probably not sleeping well. <laughs> more than likely. Because that I, would make him not so depressed and not so hungry, which would make him not depressed. And, and he wouldn't want to eat the baby. Exactly. There's something you know, to this. There's something to it. Austin yeah, Powers. That's the, thing, like, that's the funny part, right? Is, so much mojo because he slept for years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like, that, it's like the vicious cycle, right? Like, with, with, I mean, not in this joke, but with the mental illness that was so fascinating, it's like, if you're susceptible to these types of things, you don't sleep. And because you're not sleeping well, it exacerbates your mental illness. It's like, you're just stuck in that loop. It's like, yeah, it, it, it's so crazy. Like how, how much we still just don't know, but how much we do know, like these crazy things that seem unrelated that are just being affected by all of this stuff. For sure. For sure. So, yeah, it's a great book. I I recommend if, if you don't believe, get the book. <laughs> if you believe, get the book. Yes. Learn more. Find the little hacks and tweaks you can get in there. It's a great book. It's I'd say it's a it's a it's a easy uh, it's an easy read. It doesn't get, in my opinion, too 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 dry or too boring. Or it's always always got a nice um, fun tone to it. You know, even though there's some scary things he talks about and you know but i think it's a good fun read um if, if you if there's an audio book he's got like that the guy the narrator isn't the author but he's got that, like that british accent which is always fun for us yeah. americans i guess but. <laughs> it's true. but yeah and you know for some reason you get bored while reading or listening to the book and you tend to doze off hey it's okay you probably need a nap probably need that nap so yes yeah. I did find myself like <laughs> getting tired or, or placebo tired. I don't know. It's just like the suggestion of sleeping, especially in my, my, my night, nighttime drive home. It's like, you know what? I am tired. I <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Like, but, but if you're looking for other things um, to maybe supplement this or go along this, check out this month's giveaway. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll do a sleep stuff. I don't know. You have to see what we got going on. We got all kind of fun stuff. We do books all the time. We do courses and products and whatever we can get our hands on that we've we've tested and validated and we know help us to help you. Check out what we got going on, the social chameleon dot show slash pick me. See what we got going on. Get into this month's giveaway. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun like always. Um, and we'll link to this book as you know in the show notes, as well as other products we talked about. Uh, the O-Ring, which um, is the the best sleep tracker on the market right now. It also does fitness stuff and stuff. If you're interested, I'll link to that. I'll link to um, Dr. Walker's 
uh, website and his institute and everything like that. Um, some products that I know of, um, I don't have problems sleeping, but some people in my family and other other friends and stuff I have, I have um, recommended and, and have got feedback on the Four Sigmatic. They, uh, they do a mushroom products, the mushroom teas, the sleep tea um, from the people I've given it to uh, has from their feedback um, told me that, I mean, just basically they just want to pass out. So it's a product that I, I've tested with people that I know have had problems and they've had good results. They make a lot of great products. If something you're struggling with, give that a shot. I'll link that in the show notes as well as uh, Calm, the brand. Um, they do a magnesium supplement. It works wonders for sleeping. Um, a lot of great results from that as well. If people I've also um, had to do that, like I said, I don't have problems sleeping, so I have never tested these things on myself. And then I will link to the drive podcast with Dr. Peter Tia, where he talks with um, Dr. Walker. Um, it's a three part series. They go into a lot of what's in the book. Maybe if you're not interested in the book, this is a more conversational thing with two doctors talking. Um, yeah. Dr. Peter Tia, like I talked about a lot in this thing, um, he, he's a medical doctor, so he's gone through these sleep-deprived things in, in medical school and residency. He's got a lot of sleep experience. He does travel a lot um, west coast, east coast, back and forth. So he's got a lot of hacks and stuff for sleep because he does understand the importance of that. I'll link to that if you're interested. Ransom, anything else I didn't talk about? No, nah, man, that's uh, pretty good, too. Yeah. And then rolling on to this week's challenge. Mm -hmm. If you haven't figured it out yet, if you don't, not by this episode, take sleep seriously. Work on your sleep habits. Here's some action items for you people. Wake up the same time every day. This includes weekend. No social jet lag for you. <laughs> your bed is for sleeping. And one other thing that we're not going to talk about in this episode, not watching TV. Or checking your messages or whatever other things you're doing on your phone or tablet or laptop, whatever, for sleeping. Set up your sleep environment with a cool room. There is a suggested temperature range. If you can, if, if you're, uh, you know, the economic status to be able to do that, do your best setting that up. This doesn't have to be an expensive, elaborate thing. Get a good bed, whatever you can afford, the best you can do. Sheets, blackout curtains or blinds, those are typically inexpensive. Um, Set that up. Turn off your electronic devices at least one hour before bed. Um, if for some crazy reason you, you use your phone as an alarm like I do, I put my phone in airplane mode and my phone's off and that's that. Give yourself at least an eight-hour sleep opportunity. It's, it's, it's likely you're not going to actually sleep those full eight hours. So give yourself the opportunity to be in bed for at least those eight hours and get as much of them as you can. If you need to bump it out more, figure out what's, what what works for your current state and get your sleep optimal. You're going to have a better life and everything. This is this week's challenge. Go do these things and get them going. Mm -hmm. And just adding on to that challenge, some of the action items. Also watch your caffeine and alcohol intake. Mm -hmm. Watch eating before bed. Try not to eat too early before bed and try not to consume too much caffeine, especially before you go to sleep. Maybe stop that halfway through the day. And if you're taking those alcohol nightcaps to fall asleep, maybe you shouldn't do that. You know? And with our final thoughts, you know, this book has brought to light a lot of things about sleep, what it does for us, right? Nature put that in there for a reason. There's a reason we are in a coma-like state for half of our lives. You know? I think we should take some time to pay attention to that 
and not treat it as a weakness, but probably much more as a strength. It was given to us for a reason. Sleep, the mysteries of sleep and why we do it still have yet to be unraveled. We understand so much about it already, but there are things that we still don't understand about it. And I think it's one of the greatest gifts to mankind. <laughs> so as a gift that is rightfully yours, go out there, get it, take it, bask in it, bathe in it. It is your gift. Enjoy. And if you're looking to enjoy this, this type of information with some other people and some of the people you know don't sleep well or don't take sleep seriously, share this with them. Have a conversation about it. You guys can compare comas together, see who's got the best coma schedule and, and rituals. Have fun with this. Share it. Teach it. These are the best ways to learn this stuff. And, and you know, sleeping is going to help your memories, um, be term, long-term things. You're going to make better habits, make better choices. Get people along with you if you need help with that. Um, the best way to support the show is even a like and a review, sharing this with other people. <clears throat> Don't hesitate to let us know what you think. Uh, you have ideas, suggestions, let us know. We're always looking for things to help you guys, you know, with what you got going on, your challenges. Uh, you can connect with us all week long in between episodes at the Social Community Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube if you like the video version or your favorite podcast app. For past episodes and links to everything we talk about here today, you can visit the socialchameleon.show. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing, some amazing sleep, and transform into that person you want to become. Mm-hmm.